everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And it is time for us to begin the second season of AbFab, or the second yeah. series. I still haven't checked. Let's let's look at this DVD and see what it says. Series two. I mean, the second. It's, it's, oh wait, no, UK, it's the complete it series. series. So it must be season two. Well, but I mean, in the UK, the word is series, not season. So. Well, um, it is now, but it was season for Doctor Who in the classic run. This DVD says the complete series. As though. Well, it's. It's a U.S. issue. I, I blame. Okay. I blame All right. That's true. That is true. That's my theory. Okay. You know what? And you're right because it says complete series one DVD, complete series yeah. two DVD. I sit corrected. Fascinating. I see what you did there. <laughs> that that is the kind of hard hitting dialogue. <laughs> is, it, is it fascinating <laughs> that we have on this podcast? Anyway, uh, as you hopefully know by now, uh, we are watching uh, all the way through AbFab. Uh, we will be chatting about a topic in just a moment, and then we'll get into watching the show, talking over all the good bits, and then uh, discussing it afterwards uh, as though it were Proust. So, uh, <laughs> before we launch into that uh, epic uh, saga... We will talk I was about, about to launch into Python bits, but never mind. I thought um, you might have been. I thought you might yeah, have been thinking I, that. Anyway, um, yes, we are American nerds. Um, we're going to talk about drinking though today, um, which is <laughs> one in a long line of <laughs> subjects that I think Jeff has more experience about than I do. Uh, I don't. I don't drink that Certainly often lately. These days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff, when did you first have a drink of alcohol? Um, well, for technicalities, I guess it would be actually as a, as a minor and as much as, uh, you know, the poor cups of wine that I would have for Passover. But, of course, you know, Manischewitz, frankly, doesn't really count anyway. Uh, although my parents are total teetotalers. Like my mom oh, really? Will four, my mom will have four cups of wine and say whoopee and pass out. So she gets the grape juice. Um uh, but uh, mm -hmm. for me, yeah, that was never a big deal. I don't know where I got my tolerance from, but I, I obviously did. Um, otherwise, like, I mean, you know, friends that drank or whatever in high school, I, I was, you know, pretty square. I didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, I, I didn't really have anything until college, which was, um, you know, the uh, uh, drama house, which we were both at. It was it was my, my freshman year, so it was the year before you came, and, and I was just visiting, and... Um, uh, it was like September, my first house party. I, I, I maybe had auditioned for a show already at the, that point. I don't recall, but um, I went with friends of mine that were friends of the house. But, but you know, I, I didn't move into the house until my sophomore year. Um, and uh, and Drama House was a and you know, uh, is a uh, house that is on the frat quad. It used to be a, a frat house, but they they turned it into a drama house uh, when the the um, I don't remember if they disbanded or just moved off campus or whatever. But um, uh, but at any rate. So uh, the basement area, which was a kitchen that we uh, was our bar area, and um, and I went down there and and you know I, I didn't know what the hell to do, and the person that was tending bar because uh, you know all of us that would work there would would uh, do different shifts, different stuff, and and so whoever was tending bar had to go to the bathroom really badly, and I, I think they didn't have a backup, and they were there, and they they threw me behind the bar, you know. Um, 18 years old and, and, uh, and um, no idea. And I said, I don't know what to make. They're like, people will tell you, you know, if, if security comes in, they usually want like a screwdriver, a fuzzy navel, something, something, uh, something orange juice related or whatever. They'll, they'll tell you what goes in it. Don't worry about it. And uh, um, I, I do remember the night 
ended with me um, kind of sitting in a corner, um, swigging uh, from a, a uh, bottle of uh, Bacardi 151 straight. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I mean, you know, so, I had plenty of con- constitution, so I, I um, you know, people had told me take some aspirins, drink a lot of water, and I wasn't, I wasn't too bad, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's okay? So f- what's really funny about that is, of course, I this is why you're a good podcaster because I asked you when did you have your first drink, and we got an epic <laughs> that lasted from uh, Passover to the first drama house party. Wait, that, that's why I'm a good pos- podcaster? Yeah, because you've got a lot a to editor. say. <laughs> I guess. Well, I mean, it's the technically when I had my first drink and then when I had what I would consider my first drink. So okay. I, I'm giving, yeah, so, anyway. Uh, so, well, this sort of answers the, my next question, which is, so what I'm hearing is that you did not have, you didn't drink at all other than those two kind of, t- like, situations until you started drinking. Yeah, I guess so. Um Okay. That that would be appropriate, yeah. That would be correct. That would be correct. Um, Not appropriate, but yeah. So, uh, I you know, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen my mom drink alcohol. Because she came from uh, a Baptist family, you know, in the mm. South, and they did not drink. And my dad was from a Catholic family in the North, and they did drink. And <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I've I've seen my dad have, like... Uh, pretty much everything, a beer, a wine, you know, whatever, uh, mixed drink. Uh, but I, I don't think my mom drinks at all. Um, hmm. I cannot, I cannot think of anything I've ever seen her drink. Maybe she had champagne at some situation, but I don't even know if I noticed. Um, my first taste of alcohol was when I would go to my dad's softball games, you know, they'd of course all drink beer afterwards. I feel like that was like the main reason they played in the first place. Maybe not, um, <laughs> but you know he would when I was a little kid, like probably like f- five, six, something like that. He would he would give me a sip of his beer. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or if he was just trying to make man out of me. I don't know what it was, but uh, it you know it wasn't bad. But like I didn't go, oh my god, I've got to have more of that. I mean, I was only six, but you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like you, I didn't drink. Really, I like I definitely didn't drink in like, high school. Um, and I don't remember if there was any reason other than the fact that I just wasn't really interested. Um, I didn't really like the taste of alcohol, judging by like champagne and stuff. And I still, I still generally do not. Um, I have a sweet tooth instead, which is worse in some ways, but. Um, yeah, I didn't really uh, those, start Those drinking. are not mutually exclusive. There's plenty of good sweet drinks, but... Oh, uh, tell me about but it. But I digress. <laughs> but I... So, yeah, <laughs> like you, I, I didn't really start drinking until I got into college and, and uh, went to drum house parties. But even then, like, I didn't drink that much. And, like, I have never had a hangover. I've never thrown up from drinking. Um, yeah, generally, I, I've never, like... I mean, I've gotten drunk before, and I've gotten drunk to the point where, you know, I the evening became a bit of a blur. Um, but I've never, I rarely have drunk to mm. that point in my whole life. Really. I have, I have passed out once. I've usually been very careful and I've certainly been, um, even when I've gotten hammered, I've usually made sure to have a shit ton of water and a certainly an aspirin. And again, as you get older, you know, you start realizing what you can and can't do. Um, now my twenty fourth birthday, um, I we had moved. It was you know uh, middle of August, um, humid as hell in in Madison, and we moved um, 
all of all of the University of Wisconsin moved on my birthday. That's when all the leases come due, and it was like a hundred and something degrees. And so we all moved um, our stuff, and then um, I sat down, and my uh, one of my roommates who could trace trace his Irish heritage back six seven hundred years or whatever pulls out uh, pulls out some whiskey and was like, okay, here you go. And and I had very little uh, to um, that day as well. And, um, yeah, I probably had eight shots in a fairly short amount of time. Oh my I guess. God. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's the one time I, I passed out on the couch and, um, uh, they, um, people checked up on me the next day, ended up at, at Laura's to see how I was doing. And apparently they did in fact, uh, draw on my butt while I was asleep. So, you know, oh my um, God. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Why? because they could, uh, that, that, that is <laughs> the only time that I have ever, um, that, that I've ever done anything that, uh, you know, that crazy. That was my, my limit. Um, I mean, I certainly do still drink on occasion, certainly during the pandemic. I, I have, you know, I would continue to buy at the same rate, even though I wouldn't be consuming at the same rate. So I actually have quite a bit of stuff, um, uh, including some whites that I'm afraid have been uh, too close to heat and as a result would be great to use as vinegar in a salad, but, uh, mm. but um, certainly not drinkable. But... But I mean, on the other hand, like stuff I, I'd gotten for my last uh, birthday, I got uh, from um, Total Wine, which is better than than Bevmo actually. Uh, oh, you a, have Total uh, Wine down there. Okay, we do. Yeah, we, we Total, do Total here Wine too. Has a, Total Wine has an excellent selection. I, I got this uh, bottle of Forty Year Armagnac that was just amazing, and it's just it's like pure vanilla all the way through. It's it's gorgeous. Um, and so yeah, I do have I, I do have quite a. Uh, um, quite a collection um and uh <laughs> you know um I, I i am nowhere near you know eddie and um and patsy level but um I, I certainly do have a good i do have a good spread i probably could open up a nice little bar here and uh and throw a party here at some point well you probably also have a decent palate for alcohol like i'm assuming that you have somewhat refined taste in like beer and wine and uh probably spirits as well I do, and and even if I don't, I uh, for things that I don't, I have. I mean, a couple of friends that are you know between like bartending and stuff like that, and, and you know mixology people. I, I've I, I've hung with people that know a lot of that stuff and have educated me on that stuff as well. Even though I would consider myself a neophyte in some ways, but um, I've certainly been exposed to a lot in terms of uh, in terms of mixed drinks, um, in terms of wines, uh, beer not so much. Uh, oddly enough, although. Uh, I will usually reach for a Guinness or a, a stout or a porter is what I'll go for, or, or you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, a, a Belgian um, or something like that is normally what I'll I'll go towards. Um, you know, I yeah, was I, uh, I, I mean, I, the, the one thing is I, I went to Oktoberfest in in Munich in 2017, which was kind of cool. Um, so I, I got to. Uh, got to go there i had this big discussion with um there was a guy there from i forget it was a japanese brand i think asahi or something like that he was he's like you know i'm here because we're visiting um you know uh, i mean this is you know it's like you go to silicon valley for software conventions right you go to germany for oktoberfest for mm-hmm. uh, beer conventions and he was bitching about the fact that they're in japan i said what's what's the news and he's like well because everybody else in the universe is doing it all the japan breweries are are trying to figure out how to make ipas now and i'm like oh you poor, poor <laughs> oh, <bastard."> no. <laughs> um yeah, I tried to be a Guinness guy, I think, briefly, uh, but it just didn't take it. It's just too heavy and bitter for me mm. um, to really enjoy. Uh, Newcastle is about as, as 
far as I can okay. go. Newcastle's not bad. You, yeah. need to, you need to go to Dublin. Um, it is true that I went to the Guinness factory there, and they're like, it tastes different here than it does elsewhere. And they're, oh. they're totally right. I mean, you might think they snow job. And I mean, I, love, I will have a Guinness here uh, with, usually with an appropriate meal. I won't reach for it by itself. But, um, uh, but, uh, but it is true. It does taste different there and, and, and better. And it was... Uh, um, so yeah, well, I'd say go to Dublin anyways because it was an amazing trip. Period. I would but, like to. Um, yeah, thank you, pandemic. It's someday. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I, I did try that. I like. I will drink. Uh, I'm much more likely to drink like you know just if I I'm gonna have a beer at all like some light thing like a Corona, mm. you know Pacifico that kind of stuff. Dos Equis mm-hmm. maybe, or like just a Stella like just fairly generic beers that are slightly above I mean, like i mean i don't know how they rank for real beer connoisseurs i assume not very high but at least it's not you know paps blue ribbon or whatever well i mean it depends on you know i'd also say it depends on pairing i mean you know i mean one of the uh if, heather if you're listening to this uh one of, one of my best friends who um has about you know i mean about as much knowledge as anybody that i know or whatever that um you know one of her favorite things to do if she's sitting and watching a uh game is you know Amstel Light is what she got used to mm-hmm. uh, drinking for that or whatever and and she'll have a ton of other things otherwise but that's that's the thing with that particular ritual in the same way if like I'm having a pizza or something or if I'm having some late night you know um, uh, uh, pub food or, or bar food or something like that I'll go for something that's appropriate for that as as well even though I wouldn't necessarily reach for it by itself with that mm-hmm. so I, I think pairing is very important to be honest yeah wines what what's your favorite uh, what favorite in terms of wines or is it a oh, pairing issue again? Well, it is definitely a pairing issue, but um, and it also it changes uh, it, as I've been introduced to things over time. I mean, probably for the longest time, if you asked me, I'd say, "Oh, I'd reach for a Cabernet." I was more of a white person, a uh, red person. Uh, uh, but I, I've been introduced to more reds. I, I also partially blame Heather on that one. But uh, I'm introduced more to whites. Um, but uh, um, I'm still probably. The reds, like when I went to uh, Tuscany a few years ago, and with a couple of friends, and like some of the stuff that I got there, um, the uh, the um, uh, the uh, Brunello that I I got from there was phenomenal, and so I have a couple of bottles of that. That's been kind of my favorite right now. But that that you know, for wine, it's it's weird. For that is both pairing, but there's a lot of things that I like all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's that that's a tough thing for me to narrow down and say that's it that's what I'll, I'll reach for you know whether I'm gonna go you know um, Nebbiola or Tempranillo or, or or even even you know swing the other way and do like you know a Chardonnay or something along those lines it varies a mm-hmm. lot uh, based on my mood as well as anything else yeah I, I you know I kind of started out drinking white wines because it just seemed like a a, a lighter sort of drink but I, I definitely got to the point where like if I'm gonna drink it at all I'm gonna drink a red it's just the way mm-hmm. it is um do you have a just, preference for like lighter or darker or, or I mean uh sorry um sweeter or, or dry or um oh I always like sweet you know like my favorite thing to just drink drink the only thing that I probably really enjoy as opposed to kind of like socially drink mm-hmm. is uh port or sherry okay uh which I I genuinely enjoy, but like most most other stuff, it's like eh, okay. Yeah. Um, and as for like really... hard, as for hard drinks, like I don't. There's very little that I'll drink straight. I can deal mm-hmm. with vodka, I think, but like you know, huh. whiskey That's the one and I would scotch. Deal with. Yeah, I mean whiskey and scotch, I just can't drink straight. Like I I have to disguise hard liquor with, um, 
with sweetness of some kind. Mm. So like, <laughs> like right after college, somehow like buttery nipples became like our, our sort of go to mm. <laughs> drink, which is so dumb, but they are really I delicious. Mean, um, I remember the first of us that actually turned twenty one. I think it was uh-huh. Brian Schneider that got a um, got a blender, and like we were like, okay, it's mudslide and daiquiri time at that point. Yeah. Oh my! I, I was gonna tell this story too. On my twenty worth, my twenty first birthday was opening night of the play I was in at the time, which was Six Degrees of Separation. Um, mm. And uh, that was, as you remember, an academic theater play, which meant that unlike Drama House, you know, there was a budget and, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was enough that I guess uh, they were able to get a huge thing of champagne. And I don't particularly like champagne, to be honest. Um, but at the time, I had just turned 21, so of course... I was walking around with a bottle just like everyone else and, and swinging that and uh, getting pleasantly drunk. So uh, it was a good it was a good way to kind of kick off my drinking age years. Yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, it reminded me Champagne and, and Todd Theater was uh, a certain drama house show that we did or Copa show that we did that was put on uh, the one time we were able to get that uh, that theater um, pose Midnight Dreary uh, <laughs> where our friend our friend Kent, I just remember him. Uh, uh, we. The, the script was led a little bit to be desired in places, and I just remember Kent with the bottle of champagne, our, our director, doing the um, uh, holding up the bottle of champagne and going to Richard McIlvain, bite me, and and <laughs> pop the bottle of champagne, and I think the cork went flying like out the window, and and uh, and hopefully didn't, thankfully didn't hit anybody underneath. Maybe nailed but, a frat uh, boy, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, memories. Um, cool. yeah, so for hard liquor, like now, of course, I'll, I'll order, you know, probably a, a white or a black Russian, which is funny because I don't like coffee. Um, mm. or I'll order, um, I was doing old fashions for a little while. I love old fashions. Old, old fashions in Manhattan's, like I, uh, uh, were my two favorites for a while. And they still kind of are. I mean, in particular with rye. And for reasons I can't say, I want to try a stinger next. That's like my next cocktail I want to hmm. okay. give a shot. I mean, We've we've had mutual friends, the, the Stanford folks, that are very big on tiki drinks, and actually some friends. Oh yes, back tiki in, drinks are back oh, in, so good. In, back in Madison as well, that they go to like tiki cons and stuff like that. They'll travel mm-hmm. around for different places that that do that. Yeah. Um, you went to uh, the tiki bar in Alameda with us when we lived. Yeah, there, right? for, Forbidden Island. I've been there multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Um, oh, so good. You know, and then and then there's you know the pirate bar Smuggler's Cove in uh, in San mm-hmm. Francisco. There's. Um, well, there's also like Pagan Idol and, and a few other places like that. I, I do like some of the themed bars, the um, White Chapel, which is the gin, um, uh, you know, kind of Victorian underground type uh, uh, bar in in San Francisco. Uh, there's Haberdasher, formerly Single Barrel, which is Speakeasy in San oh, Jose. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. there, there's there's several Speakeasy themed uh, ones here that I enjoy. Um, uh, yeah, I. Um, uh, but you know it's funny you're talking about for for hard liquor uh, scotch is probably my number one uh, like Lagavulin will be the thing that if you if I have a chance if there was one like uh, one scotch that you could put in front of me and and that was it that's what it would be uh, and yeah for that that's not something that I would mix I mean you know I mentioned like the Armagnac or, or cognac or something like that like you know that stuff I wouldn't um, I, I wouldn't mix um, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean you know but rum on the other hand I, I think really <laughs> needs to be mixed. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't drink vodka straight. Uh, I certainly wouldn't drink gin straight. Uh, yeah, but, I wouldn't want and, to. And I was, no, well, I was never a big gin fan, but now it's funny. There are some times when I'll just 
reach for like it's hot out or whatever and it's the okay some you know gin elderflower mint cucumber and you know some something nice and yeah. refreshing basically lime. as a result that yeah i uh, thank you and lime yeah i mean that that's a nice um that's a nice uh mix um but uh yeah, and oddly enough, yeah, tequila. I remember liking the taste of, but I, I really haven't spent much time with it. And I have, I have a couple bottles of, of Vinejo, which have been sitting around. I haven't opened in the longest time, um, uh, which is you know probably best that I haven't. But uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I I do like tequila, and I have I have drunk that straight. Uh, although it's not something that I would make a habit of. But if you go to like a classy bar and it's like they have all these. Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, well, expensive tequilas. <laughs> You're going to mm-hmm. try one. So that's what I did. Yeah. Um, of course, we are talking about this topic because uh, Adina and Patsy have been known to drink on occasion. Uh, Shut your mouth. That's how we got into this. Um, and speaking of Patsy and Adina, we probably should get into uh, seeing what they're up to in the first episode oh, okay. of, of Series 2, uh, which has a martini on my DVD, so... Uh, that's an indication that they might occasionally like alcohol. Um, so we're going to get into that, um, and we're going to take uh, just a short little musical break and be right back. New opening credits. I mean, still generic music for me, but... Huh. It was pretty generic for me, too, actually. Which is kind of weird. No singing. Little rampant totty. <laughs> Like at first, I thought she was just making this up, pretending there were photographers following her. What a surprise! <laughs> yes, they do drink. Mag slag. Probably the first time she's actually called her savvy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought the joke was going to be she's not high class. <laughs> I know the feeling, Patsy. Well, considering we know Eddie, we know Eddie just turned 40. Mm -hmm. They were at school together. True. <laughs> Look, it's Chekhov's blender. <laughs> oh, that looks dangerous. Yikes. <laughs> like I really don't know what the draw of Hello Magazine is this is one of those things lost in translation for me I like the difference in like you know one of her eyes are definitely more wide open than the other <laughs> physicality that she has in this is amazing like glamorous and yet completely awkward Ugh. 
Pats, are you comfortable? <laughs> Pats has been sitting and standing weird the entire episode. Yep. expression <laughs> checking your pulse
<laughs> Score one for Safi. <laughs> right. I love how Patsy is just willing to go with her anywhere. I love their friendship. Love them. <laughs> Did she draw on some freckles? 
Kan det fötas? <laughs> oh, Eddie, that outfit. I know. Yeah, where's aid? I know. A box fares. Oh. <laughs> Isotank part two. Yeah. Thank you, Fat Terry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Brazil here. <laughs> Is it just me or does it look like that she could have kinship with Rodney Dangerfield? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
When's the last time you saw people that were enjoying being in hospital? I'm just right. saying. <laughs> My God, it's like an episode of community. <laughs> Thunderbird. Yep. Or something Jerry Anderson. <laughs> This might have been the first thing I ever saw her in. Oh my god. It's good casting, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And speaking of good casting.
You know, it's funny. I remembered Helena Bonham Carter, but I did not remember um, E. Grant was in this. I didn't remember anybody else was in this. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> oh, horrifying. <laughs> I love the fact she still got her um, earrings and all that stuff in from uh, <laughs> she wakes up for surgery. <laughs> oh, Susie Quattro, mm -hmm. that's who it was. Jermaine Greer as the mother. Mm hmm.
It's funny, the first time I caught that she had a burn kit. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> hmm. all right well that's it we will be right back right after this all right we are back and it is time to discuss hospital the first episode from series two of abfab jeff what'd you think well, I know this series tends to work in fantasy, and we certainly saw um, the dream sequences, but I think the biggest fantasy is the fact that anybody can be excited about going to the hospital. But um, <laughs> Except, yes. of course, for the fact that like, you know, they'll get plenty of drugs and things like that, obviously. Uh, but um, uh, I, I enjoyed it, as, of course, I enjoy Abfab. Um, the, the first half, like, despite the, the you know, Patsy um, celebrity uh, sex scandal or whatever, was was actually kind of, you know, it was okay. It felt kind of in the middle somewhere. And, of course, the uh, the hospital sequence, and once you start getting into the dream sequence, I mean, that's the, uh, that's the centerpiece of this episode. Um, and, you know, that did not disappoint. Like I said, I remembered Helena Bonham Carter, but I didn't remember anybody. I'm surprised I didn't remember Richard E. Grant being in there. It's possible that I didn't. <laughs> I know. It's possible that I didn't know who he was when this first aired, and I probably haven't seen this more than a couple of times, so that might be why. Um, Just his his incredible like scenery chewing is oh, hilarious yeah. yeah it's brilliant there you go another curse of fatal death character uh, appearing yeah. um and helen bottom carter makes a great choice for uh, for safi she really does she really does yeah uh, for that fantasy safi um uh and uh you know i i do love the both the nurses and the and the the doctor um in this, and uh, I'm glad that we have the return of most of the magazine personnel as well, which was, you know, one of the more enjoyable parts of last season, so that we get to see him again. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, Ruby Wax coming in, I mean, just pretty much uh, um, she she owns every second that she's in, like, you know, um, that, that character, and, you know, Helen Letterer is just... Um, <laughs> well, it's just hysterical every time she opens her, her mouth. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot how often she actually says some lovely... Um, Fantas. <laughs> so yeah, um, so that was that was entertaining. Um, I like the subplot of Safi moving into the dorm, and certainly the nice little bit where you know Eddie finds the low alcohol uh, stuff that she's uh, bringing in. Like I almost feel like there could have been more to that, but obviously they were distracted mm -hmm. by other things. Because again, you expect there's going to be the role reversal, and then is the you know is she happy that she's actually going to a party instead of being boring? But on the other hand, she's abandoning Eddie, and it's only low alcohol. So like I mean, which way does she go on that? Is she excited for it, or is she uh, being selfish about it? And it happens too quickly for us to actually get more of a reaction on that before Safi mm -hmm. dashes out. That that I would have liked to see play out a little longer. Um, but, <laughs> that was uh, a huge laugh that line got, though. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it deservedly so. But um, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, not my favorite, but this had some good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot actually, but. Um, I do tend to have that thing. I think where the last one I saw is my favorite, but um, yeah, there's there's just a lot of uh, this episode gives and gives and gives. Um, 
the beginning part is pretty good. Like, I, I think that one of the real highlights of it is all just the weird faces that Patsy pulls and her poses and the way she sits. And it, like, it's just, there's so much like just brilliant physical comedy in the way that she creates that character with, you know, more physicality than, than lines. Well, I a lot mean, of there's, the time. there's bits towards the beginning where I'm like, it almost feels like there's something I missed. Like, you know, why is she kind of walking so schlumpy or being so awkward about this? Is this a continuation of the fact that, you know, when she's put in front of the lights, like in front of TV, that she doesn't know what the hell to do. Uh, or is it the <laughs> fact that she's trying to garner some sympathy or whatever, or trying to like, I mean, you know, it's funny because it, she was talking about, you know, in the old days that, uh, that people would be going through this with such dignity or whatever. And, and yet that she's so clearly horrible at it, uh, which I think is, mm-hmm. uh, is funny in its own regard. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a little of both actually. It's her, her sort of awkwardness trying to be. Uh, perfect in front of the camera uh, and and also the the sympathetic angle but just all of it is so like just just brilliant it's just brilliant I love I love watching her do that um and a lot of times she does it with like almost no lines well and it's, it's, it's incredible it's also brilliant you know the fact that she's been a model in real life you know and and that so she she knows she knows it's like you have people that are uh, the Portsmouth Symphonia, the self-styled world's worst orchestra that, you know, you can listen to and laugh like they, they are so good at being a bad orchestra because they know what it is to be a good orchestra and how to screw right. up in certain ways. And I feel like that very much fits what um, what she's doing in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can see you can see both of those things. I think that's a very apt comparison. I think that, uh, you know, you can you can definitely see that the traces of a professional model who is nevertheless uh, a complete airhead. <laughs> well, and even even the stuff in the dream sequences where she's imagining herself as have being so suave and and gotten and mm-hmm. have gotten through this or whatever, you know, you you get to see that side versus the reality, uh, which is which is what's so brilliant about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I, I like uh, delving more too into like Safi's like negotiation with a world where even the nerds are are trying very tentatively to party and what she's going to do with that um, and how she's going to maintain her principles or inertia, depending on how you look at it. Um, that part is really great. I, uh, I enjoy the, <laughs> you already touched on it, but I like enjoyed all the, the celebrity cameos and the magazine staff, all that stuff was great. I love the, the nurses and their kind of banter and, and the way they, uh, cope with with Eddie um I I'm I'm pretty sure that nurse reappears the the first one um and uh has some very funny bits later on I I seem to recall something about a spray tan actually uh yeah that that Um, rings a bell (laughs) hopefully that's in these first three seasons so um well I mean yeah yeah. and the the funny thing is I, I don't remember much about this season apart from Morocco for obvious reasons we'll talk about um but yeah a a lot of these others I feel like I haven't seen that often and so it really feels fresh to watch it again yeah it's funny I remember I remember season three and even though I didn't particularly care for the back half of season three the early uh uh the early sections of it were brilliant but I I mean I, I suspect I suspect if I look at the episodes uh as which of course I'm digging up right now that I will remember them as we come to them, I mean, um, let's see the other episodes, uh, death, new best friend. I remember new best friend pretty well. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor, 
I think I remember that one as well, and and birth. Um, so yeah, uh, but of course it's always a question on this one. I think to some extent of remembering what's in which episode. Right, right, right. Um, well, I did enjoy this one. This is a great start to the season, um, the series. I'm looking forward to uh, to continuing. Me too. Um, I think I think the show's going to be good. Yeah, I think it's good. I think we shall be good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I uh, think... yeah. I th- oh, are you doing the uh, the Saturday Night Live Schmitz Gay commercial? <laughs> yes, I, I think I'm gonna like. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, I interrupted you. Do you have something else you wanted to say? Oh, um, I just it dawned on me that um, you know uh, Nyako Mori was was you know brilliant in her bits in this episode as well, and and mm-hmm. it makes me want to see more of. Um, I actually want to see that dorm party. Like, I mean, you know, the yeah. little bits where we see of of you know certainly in the sex episode, um, the bits where we see them studying is great. Uh, certainly in the fourth or fifth season when we see the play that Safi has written. And, <laughs> yes. and, you know, so like I, I don't want to overdo it the same way I don't want to have the magazine people overdone, but like I, I yeah. want to see a little bit of uh, a little bit from, um, I, you know, more of uh, an episode, more of Safi's point of view and then Eddie busting mm-hmm. into it. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be an entertaining thing. And I can't remember how much more we do see, but I, I do yeah. remember that one of my favorite lines is, is in one of those sequences. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope we do see that uh, in these next two series. Um, cool. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as you presumably know by now, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Starship Warlock. No podcast in the middle. That's that um, thing that works when Facebook breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and with with like two percent less spying. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>